Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition, Human Events Daily. Absolutely massive show today. First, a retiring soldier is forced to take the vaccine or face court martial. Next, Shade War update, Human Events Daily exclusive. Kamala Harris is seeking vice presidential picks and new cabinet members. Third, Biden addresses the massive supply chain disruption that's happening on his watch. And finally, we got to talk about it. Joe Rogan confronted Sanjay Gupta about CNN's lies. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. All right, now before we get into this audio, which is absolutely shocking, this is leaked audio, Human Events Daily is gonna be posting, it comes from Terminal CWO, Chief Warrant Officer, a fantastic account, Instagram, Twitter, please go follow him. I need to explain a few terms. Medical separation, medical retirement, ETS, and then chapter separation. These are all military terms because what we have is leaked audio between a soldier in the US military, particularly the US Army, we're told it comes from the 10th Mountain Division. She is talking to her doctor and she's six days away from taking leave, that's her accrued amount of leave time that she has up before she medically retires because of a medical issue. She says she doesn't want to take the jab because she knows she only has six days left and then she's going to be done, she's going to be leaving the military through a medical separation medical retirement. ETS, end of time and service. The doctor follows up and says, if you refuse to take it, we will not give you a medical waiver, but you can apply maybe for an administrative waiver. But if you don't receive that, you will face a court martial board and you will receive chapter separation, which is an other than honorable discharge for a soldier who spent her entire career serving honorably. Listen to this damning audio. Uh, six days left. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I see you're a 26 year old healthy, uh, healthy female. And so if you would have said- Healthy-ish. It, no, you are, so I understand endometriosis sucks, but what yeah. I'm saying is if you said, if we were civilians and you said, uh, doctor, do you think it's reasonable for me to, um, do you think it's reasonable for me to not get uh, the vaccine for a few months until I feel comfortable? I would say, yeah, that's reasonable. You're young and healthy. It's reasonable to wait a few months until you feel more comfortable. Yeah. The Army doesn't allow me to do that, though. So I recommend that you submit a administrative waiver because I, I can't grant you a medical waiver unless you had a specific medical condition, such as severe allergic reaction to the first shot, unfortunately. Okay, no problem. Um, and so I recommend that you submit that exemption to your, you tell your commander that you want to submit an administrative exemption, uh, which can be religious or non-religious today, okay. or you get the shot today, or otherwise come Monday, flag, go Mar, and then no ETS. Keep you, they keep you to December and then chapter separate. Uh, so this, this is my recommendation. So, so, in, um, get administrative waiver, try that route. And if it fails, 
Okay, like I'm leaving to go home in six days, so how am I going to be contacted if something were to happen with that waiver process? It would be up to your commander. Be, be, your commander would be the one to notify you whether waiver is approved, disapproved, whether you're flagged. Uh, you still get to take leave when you're flagged, but you don't ETS when you're flagged. I'm um, not ETSing though. I'm a medical retiree. Yeah, so that wouldn't happen either then. So what would happen is your MED would be tabled and you'd go through the chapter process and then um, after the chapter process had concluded, it would go before the general court martial convening authority, General Doyle, and he would make the determination which of the two he'll allow you to separate the Army with, MED or chapter. And a lot of the folks that have both leave with the chapter. So I really recommend applying for administrative waiver today or getting the shot just because like you're so close to being done i hate it when good people get punished yeah it's a bummer isn't it yeah sorry this is what's going on inside your u.s military a soldier who served her country honorably and then is faced with a medical issue is being told that she has to take this when she already has a pre-existing condition or her service will be rendered other than honorable. And this is happening, we're told, across the military. More audio is coming. So listen to Human Events Daily every day because we're gonna cover every single second of it. All right, now before we get into the next segment, I want to remind everyone the show is powered by Turning Point USA. Go to tpusa.com, get your tickets for America Fest. Folks, this thing is selling out fast. There are at least 10,000 seats available. This thing is going to be absolutely amazing. Best speakers in all of conservatism, in America, everything that's going on, plus the top country acts. And by the way, I keep asking. I keep asking everybody, I said, guys, can I announce who's gonna be coming? Can I announce who's playing? Can I announce who's speaking? They said, no. Well, I was like, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna say that. All right, I'm at least gonna say that, that I'm gonna be there. But you get a chance to meet me, but I'm telling you the minute I'm able to announce, actually announce, we're able to announce who's gonna be there, it's, it's gonna be a big deal. It's also going to trigger, we're gonna get a lot of media attention off of this because they are not going to be very happy once they hear who's gonna be playing this thing. We are talking A++++ listers. But anyway, for now, mark down your calendars, mid-December 18th, 21st, America Fext, Phoenix, Arizona. Let's get to the next story. Kamala Harris. It has been a while since we've talked about Kamala Harris, but she's released a new video where she's sitting down with kids. Oh, wait, turns out they were child actors. Watch this. I just love the idea of exploring the unknown. And then there's other things that we just haven't figured out or discovered yet. To think about so much that's out there that we still have to learn. Like, I love that. I love that, and so I'm very excited about the Space Council. We're gonna learn so much um, as we increasingly, I think, are curious and interested in the potential for the discoveries and the work we can do in space. So that's one of the things I'm most excited about. But the other, you guys are gonna see 
you're gonna literally see the craters on the moon with your oh, own eyes. Oh my goodness. With your own eyes, I'm telling you, it is gonna be unbelievable. Look, I told you that Kamala Harris had hired the strategic communications guy who turned out to be Jen Psaki's brother-in-law. And I told you that she was gonna be putting out some stuff. I didn't tell you it was gonna be any good, all right? I never made that promise. That's one of the most cringy things I've ever seen. And by the way, we're now hearing that Kamala Harris wants to kind of lean into this and make her the sort of the science queen of the White House. Uh, and this is something that she'll use when eventually, because we all know she wants to inherit the presidency, uh, when Joe Biden goes the way of the Titanic, uh, which is what they call him behind his back. So she wants to lean into this. She wants to do like, they're talking about doing magic school bus kind of things, uh, taking kids out to more science exhibits, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not the only thing she's doing. So ladies and gentlemen, drum roll please, it's time for another Shade War update. Shade War update. We are now able to exclusively report that Kamala Harris has begun the process, informal process, but she has begun scanning the country and looking for something, not just something, but someone, a vice presidential pick. Kamala Harris is actively seeking a vice presidential pick right now. Now, the vetting process hasn't begun. Uh, they're not reaching out to anybody yet, but they are in discussions in the White House, in the vice president's office, talking about who she would like to pick. And we are told from a White House official that she is interested in picking another woman. And she's going to say that she was the first female vice president and she wants to continue to have a female vice president. So then you would have the first female president and the first female vice president, uh, both of which no one ever voted for. This is what she wants to do. We're also told, by the way, that she is talking about replacing many members of the current cabinet, Biden's cabinet. She wants a lot of these top positions, Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense, of course, obviously, Secretary of Transportation, out, out, out. Which is quite interesting, by the way, because I wasn't sure what the relationship was between her and Mayor Pete, Pete Buttigieg, but basically what it's come down to, and I think everyone can see, we'll talk about it in the next segment on the supply chains, that this guy is a complete failure. He's a hack, he always was a hack, he's from McKinsey, uh, and so she wants to get rid of Buttigieg, she wants to bring in, by the way, she probably is going to pack the cabinet with a lot of senators, people that were on her side, um, but also wants to make sure that they're coming from states where they can backfill them with Democrats. So you have to look at a situation where, you know, Arizona, there's two Democrat senators, but there's a Republican governor, um, places like Georgia as well, you know, two Democrat senators, but also you have a Republican governor. So you have to be careful where you pick from because that backfill would then be placed by a, you know, you're gonna have an appointment by a Republican governor, so she doesn't want that. Now, this all depends on the timing of when this happens, because you have Arizona obviously has a governor's race coming up. Uh, Georgia will have a governor's race coming up. So it depends on who wins those races. You know, if Stacey Abrams becomes governor of Georgia, then obviously Stacey Abrams is going to replace that with a Democrat. But all of this is causing tension between the vice president and the current members of the cabinet. The shade war is going to intensify in ways that you have not seen before. We are going to see an all out, really the shade war is gonna go kinetic 
in the White House between Team Kamala, which is the team that's poised to inherit the presidency. That's what we're going to do. Selected, not elected. So you're going to have the first female president and potentially the first female vice president of which neither were voted for by a single member of the American citizenry. Amazing. Stay tuned. Next segment coming up. America's supply chain is crumbling. It's not just a disruption. It is a devastation. Stores at Halloween time are going empty on the shelves. Can't get candy, can't get costumes. Obviously, this is a huge problem. It all lies at the feet of Joe Biden. He's putting people on welfare so they don't have to come to work. He's forcing vaccine mandates that people don't want, so they're resigning their jobs. He had 4 million people that quit their jobs over the summer. Understand, this is all being done by policy. It's all being done by policy. And now people are worried that their Christmas presents aren't going to be able to get here. Why? Because nothing is made in America anymore. However, comma, if you go to MyPillow.com and use promo code POSO for up to 66% off, all MyPillow products are made right here in the U.S. of A. Support American workers and don't worry about the supply chain backlog because if you go to MyPillow.com for your Christmas present, by the way, go now, literally go right now because we know of the trucking situation that's going on. You gotta get your Christmas orders in now. Support American workers, support the work we do here on the podcast. Go in, get the towels, get, by the way, the Bible pillows for the kids, it's amazing. They have Noah's Ark, they have Daniel in the lion's den, they have the nativity story. I The nativity story is the first one that I gave to my son. He loves it, he absolutely loves it. But listen to Joe Biden now. And he gave this speech, this ridiculous speech yesterday. It's been completely panned, barely anyone covered it. So I and my team here, the whole crew at HE Daily, we will cover the story for you, Joe Biden, because nobody covered your little speech. Okay, here we go. After weeks of negotiation and working with my team and with the major union retailers and freight movers, the ports of Los Angeles, the port of Los Angeles announced today that it's going to be begin operating 24 hours a day, seven days a week. This follows the Port of Long Beach's commitment to 24-7 that it announced just weeks ago. 24-7 system, what most of the leading countries in the world already operate on now, except us, until now. This is the first key step toward moving our entire freight, transportation, and logistical supply chain nationwide to a 24-7 system. Do you hear that? Do you hear what he's saying? First of all, by the way, we've got a whole article out of Long Beach Post News that says, "Mm, are the Long Beach and Los Angeles ports operating 24-7, as Biden claims? Not quite. During the press conference in the East Room, Joe Biden announced they were going to move to 24-7 operations. Turns out the actual spokesman of the uh, of the workers say, it's a bit of a process. It's not an overnight thing. And by the way, this idea that they've been doing it for several weeks, eh, wrong. There's one facility where several days they've moved to 24-hour uh, operations, but it's not 24-7. It's only four days a week. It's Monday to Thursday. And also, they're having a problem finding the workers to take these shifts. Then the other thing that Joe Biden says, and this part is just amazing to me, he says, well, we're going to have the truckers and uh, and the truckers, they're going to be driving at night. And we think that if they're driving at night and off rush hour, well, that'll, that'll have really, that's amazing. You know, I've never actually seen a container truck at night before while I'm driving on the highway. You know, I'm, I come to think of it, you know, I, I travel at night 
you know, frequently, if I'm if I'm driving from point A to point B, if I'm trying to get somewhere, yeah, I've never seen it. Did, do trucks not drive at night, Joe Biden? Is that actually something that you really thought this guy? You know, last week we talked about how he didn't understand percentages, right? He was saying he was saying, oh, we have 99% uh, uh, vaccination rates now. Yeah, because you fired the people who weren't vaccinated or they left their jobs, right? Now he doesn't understand basic incentives. He doesn't understand trucking. He doesn't. By the way. Here's a thought. Here's a thought, Joe. If you want to actually increase trucking, how about you do something about the gas prices? Do you think gas prices are potentially containing, uh, uh, creating a little bit of a constraint on the trucking industry? If your diesel price goes down because you increase domestic supply and you actually bring us back to the energy independence that we had under the last guy, then guess what? Your truckers are going to be making more money. The incentives go up because they're able to get there for cheaper cost. All of this is marginal and it's based predominantly on the price of gas. You fool. Like, just talk to anybody who's actually in the industry. But, of course, it's not your job because you're a politician. Delaware. Corporate America's politician, Joe Biden. And now he's in office. Yeah, gotta love it. Just embrace it. You know, it's not so often that you see somebody from CNN step down from their perch and actually talk to someone in, you know, we used to call it independent media, but I might start having to call it real media. Um, so they went from corporate media into real media. But CNN Sanjay Gupta, uh, he's the chief medical guy over at CNN, actually sat down and went in the ring with Joe Rogan. And he got absolutely bodied. Absolutely body. Now, I give him credit for going. I do give him credit for going. So good on you, Sanjay. Good on you. Listen to what happened when Joe Rogan confronted him over CNN's lies about Joe Rogan. So you think I want that to, that's a problem, that your news network not, lies? Well, I don't... I don't th Dude. I mean, what did they say? They lied what and they said I was taking horse dewormer. First of all, it was prescribed to me by a doctor yeah, yeah, yeah. along they with shouldn't have said a it was bunch worse. of if, other if medications. Was, if you got a human pill, because there were people that were taking it, the veterinary medication, and I, you're not, obviously. You got it from a doctor, so that it shouldn't be called that. Ivermectin can be a very effective medication for parasitic disease. And as you say, it's probably, you know, I think, what, a quarter billion people have taken it around the world? More, I get that. Way more. So Way but, more. Can, Billions can, of people have taken it. Can I just come back to the one? I want to talk about I, two, no, no, two, no, no, two no, no, things no. on you the ledger. To, you have, before we get to that, does it bother you that the news network you work for out and out lied? Well, just outright lied about me taking horse dewormer? They, they, they shouldn't have said that. Why did they do that? I don't know. You didn't ask? You I, didn't think that was your, did, you're the medical guy over there. I didn't ask. I should have asked before coming But they coming did it with such glee. Now, this is actually incredible, right? So Joe is sitting there going and asking basic questions about a specific grievance and a story that he was a part of that CNN simply lied about. They straight up lied about it, and it was a medical story. Meanwhile, Dr. Gupta there is not even prepared to answer any of the basic questions uh, fails the Socratic test that Rogan puts him through very smartly, by the way, and then can't even handle any basic follow-ups. Why did you do this? Why did you're the chief medical, right? You're the chief medical analyst at CNN. Why didn't you correct them? Why didn't you tell them that it wasn't horse to wormer? Why didn't you go on and correct the record? Oh, I don't know. I, man, I just, folks, this is the difference 
between a TV media personality and somebody who came up through real media. Someone who came up through responding, interacting with people, gaining a following, uh, social media, using independent media. The absolute difference is that when you sit down and you subject yourself to hard questioning, all of that corporate bullcrap falls away completely. And you saw that happen here. Now, I know, I know, I know. He's got his podcast. I got my podcast, right? We're technically competitors, whatever. What he did there was fantastic. Every time you can expose one of these people, every time you can expose what CNN's doing, and every time that happens on wider and broader networks, you bring down the power of corporate media. And that because this is a populist uprising. This is a populist revolution. The corporate media is what's standing in your way. Now, I don't even particularly have an opinion on ivermectin. I know that my good friend uh, Tyler Boyer decided to take some when he came down with COVID and he got better. Good on you, Tyler. And no, ladies and gentlemen, as far as I know, because I saw him afterwards, he did not turn into a horse. So there you go, folks. There you go. All right, be right back. That's all the time we have here for Human Events Daily. But before we go, I have to remind you, share this out with your normie friends. Be the influence agent. Remember our motto, be good, be brief, be gone. This is your daily briefing. And would you kindly leave us a review that actually really, really helps us out. So go right into your Apple Podcast app, leave us a review that totally helps us with the rankings. But before I go, it's time for today's moment of history. Today in 1912, a crazed assassin in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, attempted to shoot and kill Teddy Roosevelt when he was giving a speech uh, at, in the middle of his campaign for a potential third term at the presidency. Teddy Roosevelt, of course, continued famously to give that speech even after being shot. And he uttered the famous phrase, it'll take more than that to kill a bull moose. Ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission to lay ashore.